0: Mm-hmm. Ah. Oh. i'm now a big champion of the independent podcaster i want to make sure that they have a seat at the table when this industry really becomes what we all know it's going to become and my fear is that's not going to happen they're going to get pushed out
1: podcast junkies 135 i am on the road and I'm recording this from a closet in a hotel in Laguna Beach. I've been on the road the whole week, and I thought I'd have um, some time to record this during my travels. But you know what they say about the best laid plans. So I've got uh, I'm on-the-road mic, uh, which may explain the difference in uh, sound that you normally hear. But I wanted to get this out. I know that it's already Friday when I'm recording this. So it'll be out a couple of days later. But uh in case you don't know who I am, I, I normally don't record intros from closets in hotels. <laughs> I'm Harry Duran, host of Podcast Junkies. Thank you so much for checking in and regular listeners. Uh I hope you enjoyed last week's conversation with Dan Franks, co-founder of Podcast Movement. We had a blast. He's been podcasting for a while, and I think he's running arguably what is one of the biggest podcasts, not arguably, actually it is the biggest podcast convention in the world, and he's doing a kick-ass job, and I couldn't be prouder of where that convention has ended up. So check that out, episode 134. This week we speak to Jay Soderberg. Jay's also known as Pod Vader, and we do get into where that name came from, but he had his roots in radio broadcasting, and he's been the head of content at Blog Talk Radio since 2014. He previously worked at ESPN for 16 years, so we talked about what got him into podcasting and who influenced him early on. We talk about the it factor and what makes a great podcast. We touch on his love of radio, what are the Lego tapes, and his desire to become a radio broadcaster, and we do talk about blog talk radio and how it can help podcasters, so excited to share that with you. We are sponsored by Podbean. Head on over to podbean.com slash podcast junkies. And get an account set up as quick as you can if you're on the fence. I know a lot of people talk about podcasting. They think about it for months and they never take any action. So Podbean makes it super easy um, to sign up. There's plans that start at $3, but the $9 unlimited plan is probably your best bet for getting set up. And as I mentioned, uh, ongoing, I'm going to be offering half an hour of coaching for you. And it doesn't have to be specifically about getting the account set up. Anything you have questions about with your podcast launch, I'd be more than happy to spend some time with you and get you moving because I know I was in your shoes as well and I don't want it, there to be any barriers for you to, to get moving and to make progress on your launch. So for folks that are, are getting signed up, um, for the first couple that get back to me that they've used Podbean to set up your hosting account, I'd be more than happy to help you uh, move that along the way. Stay tuned to the end of the show, where we have our podcast retention hashtag, and that's my way of seeing who is paying attention. So enjoy my conversation with Jay. Jay Soderbergh, let's talk podcasting. Let's talk. <laughs> so you you hit me up on um, which which group was it? It's so many podcasting groups, and you're like, how do I how do I get into this podcast junkies thing? <laughs>
0: Well, I thought it was more like, you know, Ramona Rice uh, was a guest on your show. And then she posted, you know, if you could if you could get on it, you you should absolutely. And I went, well, is there a is there a sign up sheet somewhere? I'd love to. I'll sign up. I have no problems with that. Yeah, I get yeah, a, I so get that,
1: a I get a lot of people reaching out uh, as the show gets more popular. You get the occasional like pitches from bookers, and they're like, "My client is a master marketer, and he can speak about. He's got three books, and has appeared on a thousand stages." And I'm like, "I guess you haven't listened to the show (laughs) because that's not who I have on." And then there's podcasters, and and as you might imagine, when I go to podcast conferences, they're like, "What's your show about?" I interview podcasters. Well, I'm a podcaster, and I'm like, "Well, I just met you, so (laughs) I don't know." (laughs) So it's interesting. Uh
0: but it's, yeah, uh, I mean, it's well, fun. listen, I mean, that's the position you've put yourself in as yeah. the podcast junkie. Yeah. How many podcasts have you listened
1: to? Oof. hundreds, probably at this point. I've listened, you know, there's ones where I still listen to them, obviously, that love them. Mm-hmm. And there's one, you know, they get the one episode and I'm like, ah, eh, you know, but. It just gets harder and higher, harder. And the, the irony is as a podcast junkie, you know, I started out listening to a, a ton and then I just don't have time now because I have a business now and I've got to produce this show. And it's just uh, so many things that I'm, I'm trying to get into that I now have to have a system for tracking it. And, uh, I, f- I use this cool tool called pipe drive for clients. Okay. And then I realized you can create different, a, a whole different funnel. And I was like, well, I'm going to create one, uh, for my, podcast guests potential so i can just track them you know and they can move mm. them along like reached out contacted emailed booked in the same way you would do with clients i used to do it with a tool called streak for gmail mm. it's a plugin for uh for gmail and it's you track like a crm tool and that's how i was keeping track but pipe drive makes it even easier so it's like a 60-day trial so um because email facebook post like message like oh didn't you didn't you say i could be on the show like you know
0: <laughs> notebook nope, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. one here's another one <laughs> there's another one under the desk oh yeah so along the, li-
1: old school. Yeah, along the lines of how do i in to your point of how do i get on the show my question is how do i get myself uh one of those cool pod vader stickers
0: <laughs> i wish i had pod vader stickers <laughs> this is a this is a notebook my wife found at Big Lots, okay, and it was on sale Big on clearance. Lots. That's old school. On clearance at Big Lots. First of all, isn't that an oxymoron? Isn't yeah. everything at Big Lots already on clearance?
1: You should hold that. But I, a- I've never done this before. I'm going to try to see if I can take a selfie of you holding that. Oh, that'd know, be awesome.
0: <laughs> to oh, there goes
1: the phone that was in there. Oh, actually, i don't have to do a selfie since I'm in it already, so I can just take oh, a picture of perfect. you. Yeah. Cool. I'll post that funny, that's, that's funny. So yeah,
0: um anyway, so it was on clearance. So I have like five of these now. Uh, she, just, she bought like five of them. It's great. I mean, fits the brand.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so that was gonna be an eventual question, but you might as well start with that. Where'd the name where'd the name come from?
0: Pod Vader. It's not as interesting as a story as I like to make it sound out. It all started back when I met this little green dude who told me use the force. No. Has nothing to do with that. Uh, Back when I worked at ESPN, there was a whole system as to how they were starting podcasts. And there were like four or five of us production guys who were supposed to just be, you know, the monkey in the studio, just hit record. And uh, when it's done, let us know and we'll take care of the rest. And I was like, this seems rather inefficient. Wouldn't it be better if, you know, one of us did all of them? And if that one of them was me (laughs) who took care of all of the podcasts, that would be. A much more efficient process and then all the rest of us can get to you know the other regular day-to-day stuff that's still gotta get taken care of and uh there was one person who happened to be a boss who agreed with that sentiment (laughs) and so he made me the producer in charge of all the podcasts and then matthew berry and nate ravitz uh who were, were the hosts of the fantasy focus were like well that's not a good enough title producer that's no no uh, and so they were like, "We're, we're going to give him something that's geeky, uh, and we're going to make fun of him all the time. Let's call him Pod Vader." And I was like, "Oh, you can make it as geeky as you want. I'm going to embrace this, gentlemen." Yeah. There you go. Twelve. It's been twelve years later, 2005. Wow. I know time flies.
1: I know sometimes when we'll get into the details of like um, you know, your time at ESPN and, and now Block Talk Radio, but do you? Stop and smell the roses or just stop and look back and see what this journey has been like, especially for something like the podcasting community, which when you, when you, at the time were there doing it and and now it's gotta be like, what is going on? Like sometimes (laughs) you scratch your head. Can you talk a little bit about that?
0: It's, it's funny because there were so few corporate entities at the time, you know, to me, ESPN was really it. You know, this American life was, was there, mm-hmm. but NPR wasn't all in on the podcasting thing at that time. You know, it seems to be more of a recent relevation for them. And, and there, that was really it. And then everybody sort of just followed suit. And it's, it's something that's just exploded now with all the corporations are like, Oh, we should have been in this 10 years ago. Yeah. No kidding. I was there telling you, get in it, get in. Uh, so To me, that's been like the biggest thing that I've been watching is just is that and and you mentioned now my time with blog talk radio working more with independent podcasters and seeing the differences between the corporate side and the independent side. And it's like, whoa, I'm now a big champion of the independent podcaster. I want to make sure that they have a seat at the table when this industry really becomes what we all know it's going to become. And my fear is that's not gonna happen. They're gonna get pushed out. So ultimately fighting for the little guy. That's that's what I'm trying to do now. Trying to use my Sith Lord powers for good, <laughs> not for evil.
1: Can you tell me about those early days? I'm always fascinated and I love having conversations with some of the, the veterans about but when you got started, like what how did you hear about it? How did you get into it? And like who were you listening to? And and you know what what was it about it that pulled you in?
0: See, that was that was what was key for me because there weren't that many people, you know. I was brought into an office and was set and was told we need to start doing this thing called podcasting. And I was like, "What the hell is a podcast?" And they're like, "We don't know either. You have to figure it out." And so I was like, "All right." So you know, Google was still a friend then. Yeah. Uh, typed in podcasting and it was Leo Laporte and Adam Curry. Those were the two names that kept coming up. And so I listened to a few interviews done by Leo Laporte and uh, I was like, well, that's fine. And he does this twit thing, this technology. I'm not interested in that. Adam Curry. I used to watch him on the headbangers ball when I wasn't supposed to, (laughs) I'm going to go listen to his (laughs) podcast, see what he's doing. And uh, it was the daily source code and then no agenda. And I was just like, Oh, this is brilliant. This is, this is the stuff. And then, I mean, as soon as I got it, I was like, oh, this is even more brilliant. Because in sports, and especially sports radio, it's all about playing the hits. You know, what's hot that particular day and what's hot for that five minutes. I Mm got to keep that audience engaged every five minutes. I'm a football fan. I could care less about basketball and baseball and certainly not soccer. So I only want football stuff. Well, that's what podcasting at that. That that was the, that was the light bulb for me immediately. I was like, well, now I can do a show all about football. I can get rid of the basketball and the baseball. And now I can just, I can talk about football all I want every single day. This is fantastic. This is exactly what I want. I can get the content that I want when I want, how I want it, whenever I want it. This is, this is brilliant. Yeah. Uh, and so I was listening to them and then, uh, the nerdist came along with Chris Hardwick. Hey, I recognize that guy from that dating show with the, uh, you know, the, the really good looking blonde woman that, uh, you know, Jenny McCartney, oh, yeah. oh yeah, I, that's right. yeah, I know all about Chris Hardwick. I know all about Chris Hardwick. Oh yeah. I'm going to listen to that show. And, uh, you know, Mark Maron was around and I didn't know much about Mark Maron, but he went to Boston. He lived, he was in Boston. I love Boston, anything Boston, I'm going to listen to that show. So that was sort of like, what was great for me was having a full broadcasting background and now creating a new medium. I was basically just, and and I heard Roman Mars say this at one of the podcast conferences, I was basically just stealing at what everybody else was doing and putting it in the sports format. Hmm. So... It wasn't. It wasn't that I was reinventing the wheel because there really is no reason to reinvent the wheel. Everything about storytelling is done. It's just now a matter of following that formula, and knowing how to effectively communicate that formula to an audience, is the key towards anything that we do as a, as a medium. And, you know, Adam Curry was doing like these little teases at the beginning of his show that like a little funny thing that happened somewhere at, at some point in his show and putting it at the beginning of his podcast. And I was like, Oh, that's brilliant. I'm going to, I'm definitely doing that from now on. And, uh, it just turned, it just happened that Eric Hutchinson, who's, uh, we, we joke and call him the international recording superstar. He is a rather talented musician uh, and everyone should check him out at Eric I'll give him a free plug. Why not? Sure. But he created the theme to the Fantasy Focus, and he asked me, what did I need? And I was like, well, listen, if you can give me like a 10-second ramp until you hit the first lyrics of the song, that would be perfect. Because then I can take a piece of the show, put it in that 10-second ramp-up, and now I've got the content of the show with music underneath it. You're going to hit the lyrics. It's going to be great. And sure enough, it worked out perfectly. I managed to find some 10 seconds in the podcast and put it in there and it, when I didn't have 10 seconds Eric was kind enough to give me an unproduced version of the song so I could extend the ramp if I needed to uh, I never shrunk it knowing Matthew Barry. That you can't shrink anything with Matthew Barry. <laughs> but so that was so, so that was that part and of course learning from Leo Leo was very much into doing host red ads yeah. uh, even, right from right from the get go and what we did when the fantasy focus launched is there was this product at the time that didn't exist and coca-cola really was pushing it it was this thing called coke zero i don't know if you've heard of it oh yeah it seems to have taken over the world but uh at the time coke zero was just launching and so coke was like hey we have this deal with espn we're gonna we don't want to push coke zero on espn but you have these these podcast things we'd love to do something with that and we're like sure and it wasn't it wasn't written in stone but our audience got to understanding that the only way they they were going to have their emails read and answered on the podcast was if they made some sort of reference to coke zero and they would come up with all sorts of different ways to incorporate coke zero into their emails like matthew can you tell me Who is going to cut through defenses the same way the smooth, refreshing taste of a Coke Zero going down my throat will? You know, they would come up with all these different ways to incorporate, you know, Coke Zero, and it had absolutely nothing to do with with what they were asking, but it was brilliant. And it was one of those things where it was one of the more successful campaigns that we had done at ESPN just because. We got that audience interaction and they didn't even understand that the ad, they were contributing to the advertisement. Yeah. Like they didn't even know that the ad was them. It was, it that, was yeah, a lot that's, of fun. That's
1: so next level. I mean, because cause the host read ad, but this is like the, the listener read ad. And the thing that comes to mind is when... Um on gimlet i think the, the, that one one kid talking about mailchimp and he's like mail Kemp, you know and he like pronounced it, <laughs> pronounced it wrong right. of course it's become the stuff of podcast ad legend now but this is so fascinating i wonder like where did a did one listener do it and the rest got the idea or did you did you kind of like in suggest it but it like how did how did that start
0: so it i mean uh, with most ads it started off the exact same way that the advertiser told us to do it it was like here's our script please read it we want it to be part of one of the segments we said you know what our email segment is unsponsored it's where we get a lot of listener interaction the listeners are going to want to be a part of it so we're going to do this ad at the beginning of of the email segment every day yeah and so we did and matthew berry being matthew berry could never take a script and, and read the script the way it was given to him. Uh, he was And he'd always blame me. He'd be like, well, it's the producer's fault. You apparently wrote this. I, was, I did not write this. This was given to me, and I'm handing it to you. I had nothing to do with this. And that also became what was known as Jay's crappy promo, <laughs> uh, accompanied by crappy production. Uh, so that we made a point to really make the ad more than just an ad, we made it the content of the show so that it was something that listeners would want to hear and want to be a part of. Yeah. And the more that we made it a big deal, because trust me, there were times when our sales staff would be like, Do we really need to call it the crappy promo? Like, I, we really don't want to associate, you know, and we're like, Listen, our audience gets the joke, they understand that. Yeah. It's not a crap, it's not a crappy promo. It's the, the joke of it is that I'm a crappy producer and thus I've handed them a crappy promo, and now my hosts are making the promo better. It's not a crappy promo anymore because they're expanding upon the script. They're going off script. They're gonna they're they're putting in the stuff that they know is going to resonate.
1: It's uh so, self self deprecating.
0: Exactly. It, it was, you know, I was the Baba buoy to yeah. Matthew Barry that you know Baba Bowie is to Howard Stern. And I'm sure Matthew loves the fact that I just compared him to Howard Stern, but <laughs> that's what it was.
1: So what was it um what was Matthew's experience with podcasting at the time?
0: None. He didn't have any. His his experience he was extremely inexperienced at that point. He was a blogger. Hmm. He had done a couple of radio shows. Uh he was a big proponent of trying to get fantasy content because also, at this time, I mean, fantasy sports was just starting to become a big deal. It certainly wasn't where it is today. Uh, and Matthew was really a lead proponent of that. He, he, he was blogging, he had some connections from his Hollywood days of being able to sort of mesh the entertainment side of things with the informational side of fantasy sports. And that was his whole deal. He wanted to make sure, you know, it's a game. Let's let's have fun with it. You know, let's not be so serious about it. And so that's the way he approached the podcast in a way he approached everything. And I think the beauty of what he was able to do on the podcast was it gave him the freedom to learn because he didn't have the technical chops necessarily. I mean, he came from a writing background, so he had an idea of what you need to do to be a performer and to, to be a presenter, but he didn't really ever do it before. He had a few, he had, like I said, he did some radio stuff and he was just dabbling a little bit in like local television, I believe at the time. And then he signed the big deal with ESPN and they had already started doing a podcast. Uh, he was signed on as the director of fantasy and, uh, so he wanted. He came down. And he ended up talking with me because I was just at that time starting to take over the podcast, and we sat down and had a conversation about what it should be. And there were all sorts of tryouts. We mixed and matched co-hosts, and it was funny because Matthew will tell you that's not how it went. I knew all along it was going to be Nate, and I knew Nate was going to be the host of the show, and I was going to be the analyst of the show. No, it's not. It's, Nate and I were very, we were very careful not to upset Matthew let the day we told Matthew that Nate was going to be the host of the show because oh. <laughs> Matthew was the lead dog and we and Nate and I had sat down and had a conversation. I was like, listen, you are a much better driver of this bus than Matthew is. And you do a great job of taking, getting out of Matthew, what we need as information. I want to make you the driver of the show and Matthew as sort of the, the second dog. But not, he's obviously not a second dog. He's the big dog. But And and Nate was like, that's how we have to present it to him. We're, we're putting him in a position where we're actually going to highlight him a little bit more. We're going to make him a stronger presence. But yeah, Matthew will tell you that's not the way the story goes at all.
1: Well, it's interesting because you have this perspective. Can you talk a little bit about this dynamic? There's a lot of people listening that... Have shows with two hosts and are think or maybe thinking of starting one, and you know when you listen to one where they just seem to riff off each other so wonderfully, like the timing, it's like a Bing Crosby Bob Hope thing. You know, I'm dating myself with that right. reference too, but <laughs> but just like you know, this there's synergy that's going on, and just like talk about that a little bit, how important that is, and and you know how you find that, and you know what you did there to see who who had what roles in the show is really important.
0: It's, the, it's that it thing, it that can never be defined, but you know it when you hear it. And, and that's really what my job as the producer was, is to make sure that it was happening on a daily basis. And for me, it, it's extremely important to have that chemistry. The best podcasts are always the ones that I feel like I'm just sitting down at the end of the bar and I hear... Two other people having a regular conversation, but I feel like I'm a part of it. Yeah. And I'm not I'm not there and I'm not even sitting next to them. But everything that they're talking about, I feel like they're talking with me. Like I'm right there, I'm right there with them. Those are the best podcasts. I also like to say podcasts have the three E's. They're educational, they're emotional, and they, oh my God, I can't believe I forget the third. I always forget the third E. There is a third E, though, I promise you. It'll come educational. Educational, emotional, and... Energizing. Well, energizing is educational, (laughs) emotional... Ah, entertaining. (laughs) Educational, emotional, entertaining. Thank you. Oh, man, I hope you edit that. And if you don't, that's fine too. But (laughs) those are the three E's. If your show has all three of them, then you have it. Uh, and that's, and that's the way that I always listen to podcasts and listen all the time. I'm always listening for the it factor. I had, I was talking with another podcaster just last week and their show is in a car. Hmm. And I said, the beauty of what I love about your podcast is you have the it factor and where I normally tell people, I feel like I'm sitting at the bar over listening a conversation. I feel like I'm in the backseat of that car. Listening to the driver and the and the passenger having a normal conversation, just like I would if I actually was in the car, driving to wherever I'm going. So, it's just one of those things where it, you can't really define it, yeah. but you know it when you hear it.
1: It's like a discerning ear, and I imagine is is that you mean know, your your background is broadcasting, right? And and radio right. is that something that you learn when when you're coming up in the ranks and you know, the, do they teach that sort of stuff or do do they teach you about like dynamic and what makes a good, you know, you learn the basics, I imagine the, the nuts and bolts, but is there, are there other aspects that they teach you there that how, what makes a great show?
0: There's a little bit of that, but again, a lot of it becomes one of those things where you just sort of, de- you develop it at an early age. For me, like I was, I was always a radio guy, even when I was a kid, when I was like, seven eight years old and i was playing with my legos i used to record me and my brother and my stepsister playing with legos on on a little cassette tape it it was even a fisher price cassette player if you can believe that yeah now i'm dating myself and 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 we used to record ourselves playing with the legos and then i would enjoy going back and listening to the stories that we were telling on those cassette tapes as like kids just playing with like like Hey, I've got Lego Guy A, and here's Lego Guy B, and that was—that's what I loved the most about the Lego movies that they made. Because yeah. I was like, "That's what I did as a kid!" You totally just stole my childhood. How dare you? Why am I not making billions of dollars from making a movie about the tapes I made as a seven-year-old?
1: Please,
0: so, please um, tell me,
1: please tell me, you still have those tapes?
0: I don't. I wish I did. Like everything, it got thrown out.
1: Yeah. Uh, what are
0: these tapes? Oh, I'm gonna throw them away. Uh, so uh,
1: that's that's your earliest recollection you were were doing the play-by-play on the legos
0: i was doing play-by-play on legos it was and and telling stories with the legos and then it was one of those things where i would listen on i would listen to the djs on the radio and i was never really listening to the music i mean i did i loved music as well but i was really listening to the djs and and trying to see which ones were really exciting me and which ones were telling me a story. And there was one guy here in Connecticut, his name, uh, he went by the name of Sebastian and I believe he has a podcast now it's about time. But he, he was the guy that I was, because I didn't have Howard Stern in Connecticut. He was Howard Stern light, Mm -hmm. but it was just enthralling the way that he interacted with everyone and just sort of put himself as that, like, bigger than everyone sort of personality and I was just I was enthralled by it and I used to make sure I listened to him every day before I'd go to school and if I had a chance I'd sneak a listen while I was in school on a Walkman really dating myself and you know I I had one of those (laughs) uh, and and it was just I, I was always listening to the radio and I knew even though all through high school you know I had the. You know, I was that straight A student, you know, and my dad had all these ideas and visions that I was going to be a lawyer or a doctor. And my mom thought I was going to be a teacher. I guess in some ways I have become sort of a teacher at this point. But I I was just like, no, I'm going to be in entertainment. (laughs) And I'm going to this place called Emerson College in Boston, which is going to kill all of your savings. But you know what? It's going to be great because I'm going to be on the radio. Yeah. To which, of course, my dad was like, "You're going to be where on the? You're not even going to be on like movies or TV or anything like that. You want to be on the radio? What is wrong with you? Yeah. What what happened to those straight A's that you got? Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, and and then Emerson, they do. They have classes that that will literally teach you how to be a performer, how to speak. I am speaking with an overly open voice. Mm-hmm. They, they they literally teach – you have to take a class at Emerson College. I don't know if this is still the case. I imagine it is called Voice and Articulation. And you have to pass the class to stay at the college. And it's like a freshman requirement. It's the most ridiculous class you will ever spend – an hour a week or however many hours <laughs> class time was
1: so that's interesting do we have emerson yeah. college to blame for all the overly enunciating radio oh, voices yeah. on drive time well, radio
0: <laughs> i'm sure it's not just emerson college i'm sure any of those broadcasting schools i know boston college has a big broadcasting school syracuse is got a huge broadcasting school yeah. i don't know if they teach the same thing at syracuse
1: Newhouse, yeah I, I went there for a year and a
0: half they must teach that sort yeah. of thing
1: it's interesting because it's it flies in the face of what as podcasters, we've come to like that is not like radio, you know this just performy type voice and of all the podcasts and all you know our mutual friends that we, we you know we listen to and that we like it's it's the ones like you said that you feel like you're part of the conversation, and you just jumped in there and just like, Oh, I'm just listening in and it's just casual, just two people talking,
0: and, and I might say, um yeah or ah uh, it's not perfect yeah exactly. it doesn't have to be perfect it doesn't it's natural conversation you say ums you say ahs you don't have to edit all of them out and spend 10 hours of your life that you're never going to get back i yeah. hate to tell you yeah th- there's back.
1: been so many random things that have happened uh like a sneak peek of a conversation i just had an hour ago with dan franks which he's it know a great great day today and speaking to dan franks and jay soderberg and one day you know so it's really fun. And the lawnmower started going. On. I wouldn't
0: put myself up there. I mean, <laughs> Sorry, de- Harry. No, nah, you most definitely
1: are. Uh, his, his neighbor was like, started mowing the lawn. He's like, ah. And I am like, Dan, this is like real life. Like we're not in a booth, you know. <laughs> and it's like, um, I think there was a BBC anchor recently who was doing a live Skype yes. at his house. And his kid came in. <laughs>
0: That's great. And his wife like jumps in and tries to like drag the kid out of there. Oh yeah. I've seen that video. No, that's, that's exactly, that's exactly right. That's what podcasting's all about. Like yeah. all those, the, the beauty of podcasting is that we have the freedom to do these sort of things. And the more human you make yourself, the more likely your audience is to be engaged with you. Yeah. The more human that you present yourself, the more relatable you make yourself to that audience. I mean, that's, that's the beauty of of what we do, and radio used to do that all the time. I know because I listened to it, and it's why I fell in love with it. And they've forgotten all about that. Now it's about oh, I got to get those five minutes. If I'm not, if I don't have you for every five minutes, oh no, you're losing it, man. You're just losing it. You, you're just not hiring the right people to yeah. do the job that you need them to do.
1: There was a moment, I think, uh, and I don't know if they've since changed where they saw podcasting as a threat rob uh rob walsh mentioned this on, on the recent episode of the feed where you know companies do that swot analysis strengths yeah. weaknesses opportunities and threats and they said for the longest time radio has been placing podcasting in the in the threats box which I, I imagine is like oh who is this upstart and there's probably been people in radio and I, I i count you among those people that got it you know early on and saw that there was a way that they could coexist
0: there absolutely is a way that they can coexist because it's to me podcasting is what radio was originally you know there's a lot of things that i believe are going to happen as a podcasting industry as more and more technology and awareness comes about my biggest thing that i believe are the audio dramas so while we experience a lot of listens to you know for lack of a better phrase, and I don't believe in this, the two guys in their mom's basement sort of talking to each other. We we have a lot of those podcasts. The audio drama, I think, is going to make a huge comeback as soon as people can get in their cars and hit the button on their dashboard and it just plays a podcast. Yeah. You don't have to connect it with Bluetooth or anything like that because people want to be entertained. And they're going to be looking for that sort of serialized drama, comedy, what have you, that... While we can do some of that sort of on a talking podcast, you know, just having a conversation. It's not the same as getting involved in an original story and being taken away to a galaxy far, far away or or something like that. And the beauty of audio drama for me is that you can do so many more things that you can't do visually because your imagination determines what it is that you're quote unquote seeing yeah. and your imagination can do a lot more than what we can physically actually manifest so I, d- I do believe that audio dramas are going to see a huge uptick as soon as you know this technology is something that oh well, i hit the button on my dashboard and now i'm off driving to drive my next destination yeah. i didn't have to connect a bluetooth i didn't have to connect the wire to my iphone i don't do any of that it's right there right on my dashboard
1: Maybe we can bring the, the buttons back on the on the car dash where you're like, <laughs> those <laughs> those buttons that you push for the radio station.
0: That'd be that'd be fantastic. The, the the big plastic buttons that, you know, especially if you if you really want to go way back to the 8-track machine, yeah. <laughs> put a big cartridge in there and then just hit a button. Uh, they should just make a retro one just for fun. Well, I was a, just a, a thinking digital, about that. A digital 8-track machine.
1: I was just thinking about that as you said that we should put that as a Kickstarter. We'll both do it. We'll yes. put it together. I just saw exactly. Adam, I saw Adam Curry's uh, Kickstarter this morning on his uh, uh, Pod something machine.
0: The yes, the Pod the Podcaster Pro. Yeah, I will tell you. I will tell you. I am not an audiophile. I am the I am the furthest thing from being an audiophile. I don't believe that your audio needs to be perfect. Uh, I already mentioned you don't have to spend ten hours cutting out your ums and your ahs. Like if it's good enough and i know i hate that phrase too but if your audio is good enough it's not distracting then it's fine i'm sitting i'm sitting in my bedroom you're sitting in in your office Uh, i do not have audio panels all Mm -hmm. over my room to deaden the sound but i'm i believe i sound pretty decent especially yeah i'm on a blue yeti microphone but i mean I, it uh, yeah, it drives me crazy but that said adam's device is super cool and i totally endorse it it's a little pricey yeah it's like 500 bucks but it's worth it if especially if you're looking to get a more studio like sound if you want your sound to get closer to that of what you hear on this american life mm-hmm. or the gimlet podcasts or any of those type of shows this device is absolutely going to help you do that.
1: And uh, Another free plug. <laughs> it's interesting because I saw it. When I started scrolling down, I saw a lot of uh, podcasting friends of ours who have their limited edition. It's like the John Lee Dumas version, and then there's like uh, a couple of others. I thought that was funny. But then I thought, well, why don't I, what, I, was, uh, I, I need a contact to Adam Curry because I want to offer a Podcast Junkies yellow one. So the, instead of yes. a black box, it would be like a super like this bright yellow that I'm wearing now. Um, you know, Focusrite can have their signature red one. Why well, can't we do a signature yellow?
0: Uh, he's selling he's selling that thing like crazy right yeah. now. He and he has absolutely no problems with being. <clears throat> uh, he has no problems, basically. With what I'm saying, if if you brought him on your show to have him sell his product, you will absolutely get a podcast junkies. I'm telling you that right now yeah. it's going to ha- it'll happen all you have to do is reach out to him on Twitter and his email address is pretty easy too. It's, mm-hmm. I think it's com. so uh, he's he's very responsive to that sort of thing so if you can help him sell a couple of machines he's absolutely going to make that happen harry I'm down with- I endorse that
1: too. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's so funny the timing on everything. I was like, well, I'd love to have you know. Obviously, I'd love to have Adam Curry on the show. And you know, when they say like when authors have got a book coming out, he wants some PR right now because of you know because he's he's been on probably yep. a million podcasts, but now but now like we have something to talk about and uh, he'd be excited. So I'm gonna like take it strike while the iron is hot, like they say.
0: Do it. Do it he will absolutely do it i know he was on gary Leland's show he was on todd Cochran's show uh i don't know if he's been elsewhere i'm sure he has he is selling that thing like crazy so he he will absolutely come on if you give him an opportunity to sell his product
1: (laughs) i yeah i mean i endorse it we we need something that's made by podcasters for podcasters with podcasting in mind you know thankfully we've had a a handful of products that the, the community has just adopted you know the, the shore products, you know, shores of a sponsor of the show, um, the the ATR twenty one hundred, you know, the you know the blue yetis, like I, I think you know they created this, and the, and the companies that have responded and said, hey, podcasters are really you know are 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 important part of our community. Let's let's treat them well. And those are the ones that early on you saw at the conferences and then really making those connections one on one, and then now later on you see someone saying, oh they're using our stuff like we should we should probably be there (laughs) oh yeah like after the fact
0: sort of thing (laughs) (laughs) well i mean listen for the people that adopted it right away you're obviously going to have a soft spot soft spot in your heart there you go there's my articulation uh You they're going to get your love right off the bat because they were there from the beginning. But yeah. I mean, we have to understand that not everybody is willing to make a bet on the next big thing. Think yeah. about how many next big things there were Fisher Price cassette decks. They were the biggest thing, man. Do you have you seen one of those recently? Yeah. No. My, my first.
1: Gone. This should be my first podcast, and it should be special Price should be jumping all over that. <laughs> There's got to be like a fish, a toy company that's got a podcast. Uh, oh, we got to look this up now. There's got to be a Hasbro or something that they're like, oh, my first podcast, and it's like you know, Susie Bake Off oven, like whatever it is. Like you want to get them early yep. on my my first fireman Lego probably has something related to podcasting, if not like you know.
0: A- I've seen DJ decks yes, that have yes. working microphones yeah. and little plastic <laughs> scratchy things you know that be very easy for that same company to just you know make that a pocket make okay. it a recording so i can get an mp3 out of that sucker yeah oh yeah uh, so let's very uh
1: perfect. let's 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 keep the timeline going you were at uh espn for eight years is that right
0: no that's how long i was podcasting, podcasting. Sorry, i podcasting. was at espn for 16 years yeah. uh in total okay um so, yeah, and then twenty fourteen this opportunity at blog Talk Radio came out, and I was just sort of like, "Wow, I get to work with podcasters of all genres and not just sports. that's intriguing to me that, and sort of everything that I mean if you ever meet Andy toe i have uh, it doesn't take very long when you have a conversation with him where you're ready to run through a wall for that man like." You know, he's the Vince Lombardi uh, of podcasting. And unfortunately, not enough of you understand who Vince Lombardi is out there. So if you do have an opportunity to meet Andy Toe, he will have you energized, ready to like just take on the world. And uh, that was that was it for me. I went and had a meeting with Andy and I was just like, oh, I'm all in. You've you've sold me like you don't need to go much further. You have got me. Uh, I'm in. So, uh, yeah. And then I've been at blog talk radio now it's been, it's already been like two and a half years. It's
1: crazy. Yeah. I I met Andy at 2015. I think, uh, you guys were hanging out and I came over and, um, you know, the best conversations always happen at the bar, you know, at these conferences. And, uh, you know, like you said, he's, <laughs> we started getting into it and he's just, he's like a wind them up like toy and just like nonstop. And his energy is contagious. And he says, yeah, we're just doing great things. And, um, and it was just, it's, in, it is infectious. And, uh, and I, I can easily see how if you're considering like a new move into someone, into a company that's doing this full time, like, Um, Andy's just the right person to convince you to do that.
0: I will tell you, I mean, Andy's vision for what we are as an industry is so much larger than what the normal person would even imagine, would even think about, because he's thinking so far ahead and he's had these experiences. I think, you know, the beauty of what Andy created when he took over Blog Talk Radio is he looked at... uh, I'm going to compare him to another football coach. He, he He's the Bill Belichick. He literally looked at everyone that he was going to hire and hired them for their strengths. And the other people that he had on the team covered up their weaknesses. So I have a strong broadcasting background, mm-hmm. but my online digital presence is very small uh, and and not not mature at all, maybe a little bit more at this point. But at the time that he hired me, I was all radio basically with the podcasting you know having done podcasting for eight years but i wasn't really involved in the whole website management sort of aspect of the job he had a very strong publishing background digital publishing background from about.com but he had zero broadcasting background uh So right there, there's already a a, a plus and a minus for both of us. And then uh, he brought in uh, our community manager and she had also a very strong online presence and digital marketing presence. And so she filled in those aspects where I was weak and I filled in in those aspects where she was weak and by putting us all in in these positions to succeed, he's built a fairly formidable team. And
1: uh, for us, it sounds like an interesting Venn diagram.
0: (laughs) It does. (laughs) The great Venn diagram. Uh, You know, so for, so for us, it's just a matter of, of, of staying strong and, and continuing to work and learn from one another and, you know, improving where we have our weaknesses, but understanding too, that our strengths lie where they do with the different people and allowing those people to sort of succeed at those particular strengths, um, I think is, is key to building any sort of business. And, and Andy is obviously very good at that.
1: Can you tell, uh, talk a little bit, um, about blog talk radio? Because first of all, I know you get a lot, you guys get a lot of grief about the name first off. Yeah. And so for the folks that don't know who you are and what you do, um, you know, we're getting people who are just starting podcasting, so they not, they not, may not be well versed, time for me to over articulate, they not, <laughs> may not be well versed on the history. So for those people first, like what, how would you describe blog talk radio to them?
0: So blog talk radio today is very different than what blog talk radio was known as. Uh, blog talk radio has been around for over nine years now. I believe we're actually probably in their 10th anniversary at this point. But uh, when it was originally invented, uh, it was intended as a place where literally anyone could phone in and create a podcast very easily. And I over-accentuate the word phone, because that's exactly the kind of sound that you were getting from the online studio available at Blog Talk Radio. Uh, that's obviously, at the time that it was invented, it was great. We're at a time now where, while I'm not an audiophile the phone is not really going to do it for me when I'm listening to a podcast. So Andy realized that and was like, well, what can we do to help podcasters make podcasting easier? Uh, And so he looked at the different pain points that podcasters have, and specifically the independent podcasters. So monetization is one of those. It's like, how can I help podcasters of any size acquire monetization uh, for their shows? Uh, dynamic ad insertion. It works across the board, whether you have zero listens or you have a million listens. The beauty of what a dynamic ad system will do is it's going to scale with your show. Your revenues are going to be directly related to the size of your audience. So if you have a smaller show, no, you're not going to make thousands of dollars, but you're going to make some money where you don't necessarily have any avenues to make any money. Oh, and by the way, you're going to have advertisers of the likes of Geico, Home Depot, McDonald's, Burger King. You're never going to sit down with it. The the bigger podcasters aren't going to sit down with those particular advertisers because they're not delivering the amount of audience that those advertisers want. So the the beauty of the system that was developed by Andy was that it's all based on his experiences in the digital publishing world. And he's seen how advertising has worked in the digital publishing world and how it matured. And he's bringing those same sensibilities to podcasting so that while right now, the CPMs might be low for those ads up from those particular companies, we need to get them to get into podcasting right now. Mm-hmm. And they're not. And so we get them in, we get them hooked. And then when we get to a point where we're selling out our available inventory, the companies are going to start bidding against one another. And when we start getting that competition, those CPMs are going to rise. And then we'll be at a point where we'll be able to set a value for our podcasts, we as an industry are not at a point where we can set the value of our podcasts. And I think that's something that is grossly exaggerated in the podcasting world. It's, you know, well, I have a very dedicated audience that's going to listen to my show and I' uh, delivering to a very specific niche. Yes, you do. I totally believe that you do. And I know that you do. But I also know that Home Depot doesn't give... Um, you know yeah. about your small dedicated audience and the key word there is small uh because that's just literally the way that it is and while we would love to uh explain that point to uh, a home depot even more we are not going to get there until they actually see the results and if we can start showing them results that's when they're going to start buying in and buying in at bigger dollars so that's that's part one. Part two, host red ads are also great. Cause there are some companies out there. Hi, have you slept on a Casper's mattress today that have bought into the power of podcasting and have bought into the power of your very dedicated small audience? Yeah. Uh, Oh, but wait, your, your small audience is only relative in terms of small, because if you only have like a hundred listeners to your show, I'm sorry. I'm, I don't have the time to talk to you today. However, if I had, let's say, a thousand, one hundred listen shows, mm-hmm. perhaps now I can talk to you. Perhaps now you're intriguing me. Oh, and by the way, for that podcaster, if you run this advertisement, it's probably going to be baked into the content of your podcast and live for the life of your show. Harry, when's the first time you did a podcast?
1: August, uh, April, two thousand fourteen.
0: 2014 that podcast is still i can go and listen to that podcast right now right yes guess what if casper's mattresses came to you and advertised on your very first podcast they paid you for 30 days of its existence but it's now three years later and people are still listening to that podcast because they can, you're not getting paid for those listens anymore. The beauty of dynamic advertising is that those ads, when those campaigns come to an end, they're going to be taken out and they're going to be replaced with new ads constantly and consistently. Now you're building a stream of revenue off the long tail of your show. And that's where the beauty of dynamic ads really comes into play because there's a lot of podcasters out there that have very long tails. Now people like me who do a sports podcast, my long tail isn't very long. Yeah. It's very short.
1: It's not uh, ever evergreen you know, content.
0: Not not usually. Yeah. During the off season it might be a little bit more longer, but uh for the most part, I'm talking about stuff that probably by next week is going to be outdated. Still I don't know when I'm going to have that one guest on my show that's going to say something like, oh, dude, I smoke pot like 10 times a day. Like if I ever had a if if I ever had that moment where an athlete came on and admitted to that sort of thing, my listens are going to go sky high through the roof. Not to use the pun, but (laughs) but. If I had Casper's mattresses and they played me, paid me a flat fee, well, I don't benefit from having that huge amount of listens to that particular podcast. Mm-hmm. With our dynamic ads, because it's all based on my audience size, that spike is now going to be accounted for. So there's another benefit to the monetization thing. So now, all right, we're helping podcasters monetize, but we also understand that podcasters would make more money if their audiences are larger. So how do we help podcasters grow? Well, first, we make it easy for them to be as platform agnostic as they possibly can. That's a phrase I stole from ESPN. I didn't make that. And, and being platform agnostic is great, but make sure that you understand that the platforms that you're on are going to help you ultimately in your goals. Mm-hmm. So Google Play Everyone was really excited about Google Play. Oh, Google Play is going to come and they're going to help us out. They're going to get us on Android devices. And then they go and they cache your RSS feed and they rebroadcast the recorded version of your show. So no matter what hosting platform you're on, the most number of listens you get from Google Play is one. One. That's it. You only get one listen from Google Play, people. So stop promoting Google Play because they're not helping you. They're not helping you until Google play. And again, pardon the pun wants to play nicely with all of us podcasters. Stop promoting their platform. Mm. I know you all hate iTunes. iTunes doesn't give us as much information as we'd love to get from them, but you know what they do. They give us enough information. They give us plenty of information for us to work off of. And they certainly give us more information than one. Yeah, uh, And so not everyone owns an iPhone, so you got to make sure that you're on the other platforms and you got to make sure that whatever player that you're using or whatever website that you're on is as mobile friendly as it possibly can be.
1: So on the uh, the last uh, piece on the blog talk radio part, like when I know that you can do dynamic ad insertion, but is there also an opportunity to do a host read for some of those companies or are you starting to move down that path?
0: We're trying to open those doors for sure, but we are—we do both pre-recorded and host-read ads. Okay. It's a combination of the two. It's not an either-or type of situation because you want to have the most opportunity to monetize your show. We want you to make as much money mm-hmm. as you possibly can. Uh, we don't interfere with your own acquisition of advertisers. If you acquire advertisers mm-hmm. on your own, you keep 100% of that revenue. You did it of your own hard work and effort. Congratulations. Yeah you know, look at what we provide you as added value. So as we continue to mature and we continue to learn from our own mistakes and continue to learn from just the natural evolution of the industry, we'll provide those for, for our podcasters. And in terms of helping podcasters grow, understanding that we have a system that targets the listener that's requesting the podcast. So as a very simplistic example, if I'm on the internet and I'm searching for home improvement items and then I go and request a blog talk radio podcast to listen to there's a very high probability I'm going to hear Home Depot ads mm. on that particular podcast even if it happens to be uh organic gardening. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just making something up that doesn't necessarily fit with Home Depot. That's the way that our system works. Well, hey, we have this tool that works great for advertisers. We have these podcasters that are looking for audiences. Oh, let's marry the two. So now we're starting to use our dynamic ad system for podcasters as well, using those same tools that we're using for advertisers to help the podcasters and target those audiences across our platform that that would be interested in listening to their type of show. And because they're already listening to a podcast – We've learned from the infinite dial studies that have been presented that a podcaster that's listening, the listener listening to a podcast is more likely to listen to another podcast. This is a beautiful Mm -hmm. marketing tool as well.
1: I think as a podcast host, it's your responsibility to let people know what they're in for and if they are choosing that route and uh, I'm mean, in my mind the way I would handle it is say look you know the f- in the same way people ask for Patreon and tell them that, you know I'm, I'm going to be pitching you know Jen Briney previous guest on the show she does an amazing job of, of, of getting sponsorships the last yeah. 10 minutes of her show she reads off like oh I got a check from Joe I got a check from Jim I got a check from Susie I got cash from here I got a so she's like if you don't want to listen to it you know you can turn it off now but for the next 10 minutes I'm 15 minutes I'm going to like read through the people that are supporting the show and making it happen so to that point if you are going to have conversations or you're going to have you know other sponsors chime in on your show it so it's not so jarring i think best practice might be like hey guys you know you probably heard an ad just previously or you're about to hear an ad or something like that just kind of uh, i think a lot of times what, what uh throws people off is like they're listening to a conversation and then bam like right in the middle like at a not even decent segue it's just like yeah you know like uh you know, check out the gardening supplies in aisle two you know like wait a minute <laughs> and it just well, kind of thro- throws the vibe off so i think it's just like there's a there's a some ha- a happy medium somewhere uh in terms of managing expectations
0: well and that's true it is totally up to the host to make sure that that doesn't happen and that's why we give the control over where those ad placements are to the podcaster so we put a pre-roll and a post-roll on every episode because that's become industry standard Mm -hmm. but even with the pre-roll like on my own show i don't have the pre the automatic pre-roll on my own show because i want the first words people hear to be my voice and about the content of the show so i do a 30 second tease then i place my first pre-roll ad quote unquote and then the open to my show and I get into the content that I'm going to talk about and by doing so because that ad is still within the first minute of my content I'm still getting credit for that pre-roll ad but it's not the very first thing people hear and really the only reason why we put that pre-roll there automatically is just because so many other podcasters have done it if you listen to any podcast today probably about uh, this might be a little uh a little exaggerated, but 90% of podcasts up there, you're going to hear an ad the very first thing, right off the bat. You're going to hit play and there's the, going to be an ad. So that's the only reason why we do it automatically. Plus, mm-hmm. it gives you the ability to not have to overthink it. But then the mid rolls, that's totally up to you. Yeah. You place those time markers in your show where you know it's appropriate and you lead up to that to that marker, however you feel is appropriate. I'm a huge fan of teasing. So Continually teasing about the content, not only at the beginning of my show, but also in the middle of my show to keep that audience engaged and listening throughout. I've looked at completion percentages for podcasts. And while I love the fact that the Infinite Dial produced something where 85% of people have listened to most of a podcast, the keyword there is most. They didn't listen to all of the podcast. I want to do whatever I can to keep that audience engaged all the way through to the end of my show, so that when I get to the point where I say, All right, that's going to do it for today, and they hit off because they don't care about what's coming next week. They know something's going to come next week, unless I throw them a curveball and say, I'm going on vacation. Yeah. Uh, you know, most of the audience knows that something else is coming next week, but I'm still going to let you know about it. And if you turn it off, you're not going to know what's coming up next week. Yeah. But if you leave it on, you will know what's coming up next week. Yeah. Anyway, anyway,
1: yeah, open loop. I like that
0: but in any case yeah it is it's completely up to the host the host has to understand that we're not we're not solving everything for them they still have work to do yeah. and the amount of work they put in and and dedication that they put into their own podcast is only going to result in that much more we provide the tools uh, to help the podcaster we're not actually providing the solution yeah that's a better way to put and it. I,
1: and I've um, I think to the extent that you can make it uh, as you think about how you want to grow it, make it flex, give podcasters more flexibility and choices, I think, and how they actually want to leverage the, 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 the tools at their disposal or the resources or the advertisers. I think that'll endear you, I think, to more, more of the podcasting community. Cause I think, I think a lot of people that are our mutual friends, they cringe sometimes at the fact that they have to like, you know have these certain rules and the automation and it's going to be dropped in and they they lose control i think that's the perception but i told i mean i um that's one of the things and the other thing i asked andy i asked him this uh when i saw him in person is this if there's still any chance that they might change the name <laughs>
0: <laughs> well you know it that's a that's a road I don't know if I should go down, but I <laughs> I
1: don't think we have I, enough time to cover, <laughs> to cover that here. But yeah, I'm, I'm sure it's a question that uh, you get asked and it probably comes up in meetings all the time. But
0: yeah that that control factor is definitely something that's one of the things that we learned when we first started we were like no you have to have the pre roll you have to have the post roll you you have to have the mid roll mm-hmm. we've loosened up on that now you know we'll turn off that pre roll i would never turn off a post roll by the way there's no reason to not have a post roll on your ad we understand most of your audience isn't going to hear that post roll but guess what you still get credit for a post roll if somebody completely downloads your podcast mm-hmm. There that is part of the IAB standards of metrics, which we were part of that group that wrote them up okay. along with the Libsons and the blueberries and the pod tracks. And I'm sure there's, there were like 25 companies. I'm not going to list them all off uh, because I can't. But yeah. <laughs> the um, you know, so, so you still get credit for that post So I would never turn off post You should leave the post rolls on, but the mid rolls, you have full control over where you're placing those. And like I said, while you may not, while you might feel, I'll use the word uncomfortable about certain uh, advertisements because it doesn't necessarily marry the content of your show. Uh, understand that the ad is being served directly to the audience that would be interested in this particular product, yeah. uh, and it's being and that information is being gleaned off of that particular person's IP address. So there's a lot of information that's on the internet that, and it does sound a little big brothery, but it works. And that's the beauty of it. You know, one of the things I've seen in the three years I've been at blog talk radio, none of the 750 podcasters that have joined since I've been a part of blog talk radio have lost any audience because of the advertisements, you know, so the audience knows that ads are a thing and that they're the way that the podcaster earns revenue. And They also understand that they're getting this free product that they don't have to pay for, Mm -hmm. that they're getting this free entertainment that they don't have to pay for, and that you are putting a lot of hard work and effort into it. I joke about the guys that put in the 10 hours to edit out the ums and the ahs, but guess what? They're people that are putting in 10 hours to edit their shows and make them as pristine sounding as possible, and they're not benefiting from doing that other than they apparently love it. I don't love <laughs> editing my show, but they love it. And that's why they're doing it. And so that audience knows no matter when you decide to do advertisements, you're going to have that vocal minority. It's going to be, Oh, I can't believe you have yeah. an ad on that show, but you know what? There's going to be a day. And I, I, I've talked about this with a few podcasts. There's going to be a day when you're going to get that email that says, I loved that McDonald's commercial. It made me cry. Cause I've it's happened on television. Yeah. And if it's happened in other mediums, it's gonna happen on podcasting. Someone's gonna send you that email. And when they do, I want it, I want that email so that it can be framed, and I want it in the podcasting hall of fame. <laughs> because that is that is when you know we've made it as an industry. Yeah.
1: Well, that might be a challenge, uh, but you'll have to probably have talked to Gary Leland or someone about
0: that. <laughs> uh They'll, they'll they'll be in on it, and yeah. then the podcasters Hall of Fame will be sponsored by
1: McDonald's. <laughs> I know a lot of uh, podcasters listening are cringing right now. <laughs> they can cringe yeah. all they
0: want. It's a dirty little secret.
1: <laughs> so, Jay, advertising works. Uh, yeah, it does totally. Um, thanks for sharing that. I think it's been helpful for a lot of folks who did not know and weren't aware of it. And, and it's I always like to be able to have uh, folks like you come on and tell. Um, all parts of the story, because there's a lot of people that are that I have that are that have been podcasters, but they also happen to work for some of these, you know, the, the Lipsons and the Blueberries and the and the Block Talk Radios, and I, and I think it's just important to tell a well-rounded story.
0: Well, thanks for allowing me to tell it, because it is, you know, to me there are many different aspects of podcasting, and by the way, mm-hmm. our platform doesn't work for everyone, and we totally understand that there are people that. You know, and and I'll use a very specific example. There are people that have local podcasts that are dedicated and geared towards a local audience. And those are podcasters that our system doesn't necessarily fit in. It can absolutely help and you can absolutely use it. And and those ads will be directed towards that audience in that geographic location. But you're going to do better. You're going to do a better job in that local market of selling your own show to those local advertisers than we are ever going to Provide for you on a a lot much larger scale.
1: Yeah. So changing gears a little bit, uh, back to putting the focus on you specifically. Um, how I don't about- like this. <laughs> yeah. should hide I take the yeah, hide from the spotlight? <laughs> what do you think is the one most misunderstood thing about you?
0: That Pod Vader and Jay Soderberg are the same person because they're not. Pod Vader is a character. Uh, that uh, was specifically created to shield me from the spotlight. <laughs> and Jay Soderberg is a completely different person, uh, who is a loving family man and tries to do everything he can to put his family first before all else. Pod Vader, though, is a dark Sith Lord who <laughs> has absolutely no emotions and is all about podcasting.
1: That's an important distinction to make. I'm glad I asked. <laughs> what, what have you changed your mind about recently?
0: Uh, what have I changed my mind about recently? That is a loaded question because there's so many different things I could change my mind about. <laughs> For me, what as I look at the way that our political landscape has sort of developed, and I don't want to get political, by the way. Uh but for me, I like to look at things. And as you just mentioned, tell a whole story yeah. and as a country, for whatever reason, there seems to be a black and a white, and there's no understanding that there's a, the story is gray. And until we get to a point where more people are sort of listening to the other story and understanding that point of view and perspective, and then can understand their own point of view and perspective and blend it together to get the right result. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're going to continue down this unfortunate path of, well, you're wrong. No, you're wrong. No, you're wrong. No, you're wrong. You're wrong. No, you're wrong. Uh, for some reason, we seem to have forgotten that it doesn't work that way, yeah. that there, there there doesn't necessarily be a right or a wrong. You're both wrong. The real answer is actually something completely different.
1: Yeah, we, the world is not black and white. And I think uh, I heard an interesting uh, one of my favorite podcasts for interview shows is called On Being with Krista Tippett. And she had Glenn Beck on and they're totally like opposite sides of the spectrum. But it was a beautifully done interview and civil uh, engaging, getting both sides of the of, of of the viewpoint in, and that's that's possible, you know. And I think a lot of people forget that because they're just trying to antagonize the other side and see if they take the bait. And nine times out of ten, they do. Unfortunately, so <laughs> I think having more conversations like that is going to just make us all make this world just a better place to be in.
0: You know, I think the beauty of what like Jen Briney, you had mentioned earlier does on the Congressional Dish is she prov- she provides that full picture sort of the the this is what was written this is what's intended this is what is missing i think she does a wonderful job of that um and that's the the sort of thing that we need more of
1: well that's a great way to to wrap up this conversation uh i think it's pretty been pretty (laughs) wide-ranging really has (laughs) But, uh, I, I thank you for reaching out because, you know, like I said, I always, I mean, I, I do want to have conversations with people that I have some type of engagement with, that I've met, that I've connected with, and I have connected and I have still have to reach out to a lot of folks. And, but, you know, sometimes some slip through the cracks and I know we've connected in the past and you've definitely been on the list. So thanks for, uh, lighting that fire under me to. To make this happen sooner rather than
0: well more. i was just looking for the free t-shirt and the photo opportunity that's what i was really <laughs> looking forward to well that, that's what happens right yes that's that's the deal nice
1: well yeah the, the, the goal every guest gets a t-shirt and i don't know I, well positive intentions positive are, are being put out there but for podcast movement um it's the group shot and uh i think yes. i wrangled i wrangled about 15 or 20 for the last one but this is going to be interesting i'm up to 130 guests so we'll see how many are at podcast movement that, oh you're that, gonna get them all that would be they're, one they're, h- heck of a picture
0: they're all going to be in it here because i will be part of the group that will make sure that okay. all of them are in
1: it. okay so so, you,
0: well of course assuming it that, that they're all there that's,
1: well yeah <laughs> i've had uh, steve stewart um offer his services up along with ramona rice and so maybe the three of you that's another venn diagram right there the three of you there you go <laughs>
0: venn diagrams is v- there a way we can use the venn diagram to make sure this picture happens yes can we put the picture in a venn diagram
1: i think we that. could. that's what we need to do people are scratching their heads I'm like what the heck are you guys talking about <laughs> well thanks for making this happen thanks for coming on and thanks for sharing uh your stories they are always entertaining
0: harry in all seriousness thanks for having me on thanks for doing what you do Uh, Because I think what you're doing, providing that full story, is something that's important to the podcasting landscape. And, of course, just your enthusiasm for podcasting in and of itself is uh, something that uh, uh, we need more of out there. So people, go out there and enjoy your podcasts and tell other people about them and share them with more people. Because, as Tom Webster will tell us, not enough of us know about
1: them yet. Yeah. Amen, brother. All right. Have a fantastic weekend. You too. So thanks again to Jay for coming on. I I hope you learned a little bit more about the history of podcasting. It's always nice to have people on who have been podcasting for such a long time. It's really, really inspiring. We are a member of podcastica.com. Intro and outro music by Cedar and Soil. Check his amazing music out at cedarsoil.com. And don't forget to support our sponsor Podbean at slash podcast junkies. And again, let me know if you got set up with them, and I'd be more than happy to spend a half hour on the phone with you to work through any challenges you have with getting your podcast started. So the retention hashtag for this week is going to be podvaderj P-O-D-V-A-D-E-R-J A Y. You can tag J at the real Pod Vader on Twitter, and we are at podcast underscore junkies. If you haven't downloaded my free PDF, it's at podcastjunkies.com, eight tools, and that's the number eight tools. It's a free download, and it's been updated for 2017 of all the things I'm using that have are making my production workflow for the podcast go that much smoother. Tune in next week for my conversation with Amanda Dowdy. That's another conversation that was made at PodFest in Florida, and she's really a hoot. She has uh, the Great Beer Adventure podcast, and it was So funny that one of the first things that happened when I showed up at PodFest and I showed up to the first event, she already had a table set up and was giving out samples of beer. So that just gives you a sneak peek (laughs) about how uh, fun she is and her personality. So tune into that next week. Thanks again for all you do to support the show. Let people know about the show whenever possible and have them subscribe or just grab their phone and just uh, subscribe to Podcast Junkies on their behalf and they'll be eternally grateful to you. Love you guys.